Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to a new episode of The Daily Optimist. Today is Tuesday in week, I don't even know, of uh, the coronavirus that has changed our lives all around the world. It is also day possibly 30 something of protests that are continuing around the world and the U.S., So these uh, are interesting times, to say the least. We have a responsibility to each other, to ourselves, to keep pushing forward in positive ways, uh, remembering to do our best to stay safe, uh, no matter what it is you're doing, working, protesting, anything in between. Uh, Stay safe out there. And keep pushing forward we're all uh, in this together one way or another and we need to work with each other and for each other all right so I have uh, some news stories to get to thank you again for joining me my name is Elijah Manning and you are listening to the daily optimist The first story today is going to be uh, from the world of coronavirus again as this continues on. Uh, There's been reports that, you know, Trump wants to slow down in testing, but today in the U.S. there was a uh, basically hearing and uh, where, you know, Anthony Fauci and some others from the FDA and other roles all had a chance to speak. Um, And Dr. Fauci said that they are not slowing down the testing despite what Trump said. They are uh, looking to do more testing, not less. Um, He said, none of us have ever been told to slow down on testing. This is just a a fact. In fact, we will be doing more testing. Um, Trump doubled down and and tweeted also today that uh, we have to slow the testing down, please. So um, he still is against testing because he feels that the testing makes the country look bad. The more cases we have, the more we look bad. Um, Fauci, you know, is looking at it as in the more cases we have, the more we can learn about it and the less it will spread if we can put the proper protections in place of, you know, contact tracing, finding, um, effective ways to uh, help those uh, by isolating um, testing so that we don't see cases increase the way they are because as of right now they are continuing to increase in um, some of the areas of the US there have been um, more um, there were more cases rather at the start and they have been able to bring the number down Uh, to start reopening but um, there are now other parts of the country experiencing a disturbing surge of infections is how he put it all right so we have to continue to stay uh, persistent and consistent Um, he also said he still thinks there's a reasonably good chance that by the very beginning of 2021 that we are going to have a vaccine that we will have it by then Um, you know this is not 
guaranteed because it will be the fastest ever turnaround time for a vaccine but that is just his uh hope and his belief and i don't i don't know if he's wrong i don't know if he's right i have no insight into that i, I don't do the testing i'm not a scientist in that way so well i'm not a scientist at all but i'm not a scientist that's specifically is into vaccine testing um so right now they ha are doing about 500,000 tests a day roughly but you know they the goal is to try to get it up to 900,000 daily tests uh because that is what we need um so this fighting over back and forth is um it is quite counterproductive we need to make sure that we have more testing and tracing so that we can fully uh, have numbers of people that we need to uh, find and isolate so that everybody else will have less of an opportunity to catch the virus. It is still rampant. It is still a pandemic. We need to stay vigilant and stay safe. My second story is going to come um, from police uh, researchers, if you will. Um, so the idea is that officers have similar biases regardless of race so there is um a fellow at the brookings institution and a sociology professor at the university of maryland who studies race and policing rayshawn ray is his name he says that uh diversity helps but uh this is his quote now and uh, officers, regardless of their race or gender, have similar implicit biases, particularly about black people. Um, so the idea that a lot of places are going is to have um, more black and brown police officers in areas. But uh, he says that it's to more than more than that is what's needed. Um, so there they're looking at recruiting in Minneapolis specifically they were looking at recruiting officers from Phoenix or Houston and uh, bringing them to Minneapolis but um, the idea is that it's not going to solve the problem so he, he basically is saying that just because we bring in black or brown bodies doesn't mean that they know the neighborhood and in testing they've done a lot of research on this um, they've researched, uh, all sorts of, um, data in, um, communities, policing. Um, so this is not just them speaking out of left field. They, they've collected data, uh, from hundreds of officers and, um, through tests and, uh, they, they have come to the, the realization that, um, the officers speak less respectfully to black people during traffic stops as well as during other sorts of settings and they are particularly less likely to respect black women in these encounters even if they're more likely to slightly use more force on black men relative to other people all right this is their implicit association test and they more often than not exhibit bias against black people um they are more likely to associate black people with weapons than they are white people with weapons. And this speaks to a more systemic issue in media portrayal and the, the, the less um, learning that we do in schools about 
uh, you know, people of color. So uh, this is a long systemic issue that we need to really uh, break down and do a better job of teaching. Um, so he goes on to say the reason why that exists is because subconsciously, implicitly, when they interact with that person, they see their name. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't put uh, into terms what I'm about to tell you about. So this is why it's not uh, not the best idea to work when you just bring people in from other areas, even if they are black or brown, um, because it, it, the reason exists subconsciously, implicitly when they interact with that person they see their neighbor, a parent, or the kids at school, and when they interact with a black person, they are less likely to have what we call in sociology those social scripts that allow them to view people in those multitudes of ways. So that's what the testing has shown, that um, they, when they interact with a white person, they, have a, they give them a slight benefit of the doubt, but versus a black person, they don't, and it doesn't even have to do with them being black or brown as well. It's just what they are uh, taught as. So his recommendation is that officers need housing assistance that makes them live in the communities that they are policing. Um, because community policing is not about you know, going out and playing basketball with a kid while in uniform. He says community policing oftentimes is what you do when you're not on duty. The way that you're investing in a neighborhood. Okay, So he has a full interview. You can find that on NPR. And the article is on there as well. Take a look. Take a listen. I think it's worth it. Alright, I'll be back in just a moment with your positive news for the day. My first positive news story comes from a young lady who was outside of a store and noticed all the shopping carts were scattered everywhere, not put into the proper places. We know how they have those uh, areas marked off for returning shopping carts to. And it quote unquote irritated her um, that people were just being so willy nilly, if you will, with their shopping carts. So she spotted the uh, gentleman who was, um, you know, bringing the shopping carts in, and she asked if asked her parents if she could help, and she wanted to help because she says that's what we are supposed to do. We are supposed to be kind. So the her and her parent started to help. They started to push the carts to the store, and um, you know, helping the man who was working. And after about thirty minutes or so, they pushed the last card up and they gave high fives to each other and uh, then they went about their ways. Well the next day they go back into Walmart and the young lady saw another cart pushed on the curb and she grabbed it and pushed it into the store and then she spotted the um, the man who was working again who she'd saw the day before and they saw each other and he had a thank you card for her with $20 in it and you know she and him they gave a big hug and uh, it was a great moment and now the young lady has uh, taken the card put it on her dresser so it would remind her to always be kind and that's what the two of them were 
the kindness was repaid. Her kindness of helping, he repaid it by giving her a thank you card and giving her some money. And, uh, you know, that was the kindness going right back. So, do your best to be kind. My next story comes from uh, Pennsylvania, where a man um, saved a police officer from a burning car. So he heard a crash and he ran outside and he saw a you know crashed up mangled patrol car with flames coming uh, out of the cabin, and he rushed over and pulled the officer out. He says, I don't know what came across me, but I ripped the door open and just pulled him uh, to safety across the street. So, uh, this is a black man who was saving a white police officer's life. And the only reason is, as I tell you more of the story, um, there's more to it and you'll see. So, you know, um, the they ru- he was rushed into service. Um, the officer was rushed into surgery. He's, he's going to be healed up. You know, he has... Some, some severe leg injury, um, but he's alive, and the family reached out to the man for saving him. Um, you know, he says he's not a hero, he's just doing what a human being should do. Uh, he says there's value in every human life, we are all children of God, and I can't imagine just watching anyone burn. No matter what other people have done to me or other officers, I thought this guy deserves to make it home safely to his family. So, the reason that's important is because as we're in the middle of this Black Lives Matter movement and uh, this whole um, era of reconceiving the police because of you know police brutality and things this gentleman who saved the officer's life he has filed a lawsuit against uh, Pennsylvania State Police Troopers for a wrongful arrest after he spent a year in jail okay so he has a child and he missed a year of his child's life um, he also missed the death of his mother while this happened. So he he was at a um, he rescued his sister because she needed a ride home, and there was a fight that had broken out, and um, somebody had a gun, and he disarmed the man with the gun, and then the cops shot at him. And then they said that you know he was the one with the gun pointing at them, uh, but the videotape revealed that it was not him. He was actually disarming and then he ran because he was being shot at um so he like i said he spent a year from away from his children and uh his mother who was ill and who then passed away so he also had a run-in because there were some plainclothes officers that approached with guns drawn and he ran not knowing they were cops because they were in plain clothes when he, they finally did say that they were cops, he, you know, he got down, hands up, you know, was complied, and he said that uh, one of the cops kicked him in the face, um, and there, the use of force was caught on camera, and he plans to fight uh, the charges and whatever. Um, but he also says not to blame every officer for being bad, you know, based off of his interactions. And, you know, that is a true statement. People oftentimes conflate the issue of reconceiving the police with saying that all police are bad, and that's not the truth of it. There are some bad police out there, like there are bad people and everything, and if you can get rid of the bad actors, then the good will shine that much brighter. 
And even so, you know, this goes along with the story I was telling you about the the bias that police officers have towards black people. Um, this is a black man who saved the life of a, of a white police officer, not holding any bias towards him for being an officer, but because he knew what was right. And I think that is something we need to work on when, as we um, talk about reconceiving the police, okay? He says, I do not want to be called a hero. I just want to be known as an individual who is an upstanding man, no matter what or where, just an upstanding person. And I hope the trooper sees this and knows he's forgiven. They had had an interaction too, okay? Be, be kind. Be kind. All right, I'll be back in just a moment with your positive step for the day. For your positive step of the day, it is a simple one. And that is be patient. Okay? Be patient. That means be patient with other people. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with um, all aspects of your life. Okay? If you are, you know, in dealing with other people, sometimes there's a disconnect with the information and how uh, they hear it or read it and interpret it. But um, be patient because you don't know what they're dealing with. And sometimes people may have a difficulty learning it, okay? So you have an obligation to be patient with them and to try to teach them as best as possible. We all need to learn this. I'm a pretty patient individual, but even I myself struggle with this every once in a while. Um, but just constantly be patient. And this can be be patient with yourself as well, okay? Um, you know, there may be something you want to do with your life that you haven't done or you've just started to work on, but you haven't found enough success yet. For me, this podcast, I, I was hoping to have even more listeners than I have currently, but that's okay. I'm going to be patient and I'm going to keep going because this is not just um, a hobby. I want more people to hear the message. So the more I do it, the more chance that it will be passed on to somebody else. So I'm just going to be patient with it and keep working. You know, be patient with yourself and keep pushing forward. That's all you can do. Um, also, as we are in the Black Lives Matter, be patient with the people that are having a hard time understanding and are um, not quite on the same page as you, if you will. You know, sometimes people just need to go through a little more learning and be patient that um, you might be able to help them learn a little bit more each day. All right. I'll be back in just a moment with your positive quote for the day. The positive quote today comes from Sadie Tanner Mossel Alexander. 
She was the first African-American to receive a PhD in economics in the U.S. and the first woman to receive a law degree from the University of Pennsylvania Law School, where she was the first African-American woman to practice law in Pennsylvania. All right. So her quote is this. Don't let anything stop you. There will be times when you'll be disappointed, but you can't stop. I'm going to read that again. Don't let anything stop you. There will be times when you'll be disappointed, but you can't stop. All right. That goes right along with my step of being patient. You know, um, sometimes you take two steps forward and sometimes you take two steps back. One step forward. It's a complicated life, you know, and it doesn't happen overnight. But, um... Just because you've had a setback, don't stop, okay? And we are at a point in this world where, you know, we're having giant step backs, but we're also taking giant leaps forward. And um, if if you stop now, then you will never, never accomplish your goals. And the task will never be completed if you give up on it. All right. So stay safe. Stay vigilant. Stay informed and help inform. Be patient. Keep moving forward. All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. I hope that uh, I helped you out somewhat today. I think I even taught myself something today. Uh, you can always get in touch with me on Facebook at The Daily Optimist. You can reach me on Instagram and Twitter at The Daily Op Pod, at The Daily OPT POD. You can email me. I am at thedailyoptimist at yahoo.com. That is thedailyoptimist at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, I changed uh, what I'm going to be doing. I'm no longer going to be doing Fridays because I have a lot of other work I'm uh, doing now and I'm going back to a day job as well. So I'm just going to be Monday through Thursday from now on. And then uh, come the end of the month, I'm going to stop doing on a regular basis if there's some important stories that i want to talk about then i will take those on a weekly or daily basis depending on the situation okay but again for now i'm here with you monday through thursday if you ever want to reach out you know how thank you again for joining me my name is elijah manning you've listened to the daily optimist and until next time please be well <laughs>